place matters, geography matters very much for what we do. It's often very helpful to make use of maps for us to be able to understand underlying trends, who's affected by a policy change. What does that look like on a map where you've got certain types of residents, whether they're low income or linguistically isolated. And so for us, geography and particularly a suite of tools for mapping has become very important for the way that we think about and visualize our work. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard Kirby Brady, Chief Innovation Officer for the City of San Diego, explain the power of visualizing data on maps to contextualize social justice issues and inform civic decision-making. Esri Director of Conservation Solutions, David Gadsden, investigates how one of the largest cities in the U.S. is using location intelligence to help transform the way it provides equitable services and understand risks such as climate change. Kirby, welcome to the Science of Wear podcast. Thank you for having me, David. You're the Chief Innovation Officer and Director of Performance and Analytics for the City of San Diego. That means pulling together all of the diverse data sets that advise the city's work and making it better accessible to both internal and external customers. Can you help us understand how the city came to the conclusion that it needed a dedicated executive role for innovation? Yes. So the city of San Diego, you know, like many large cities at this point, decided that they needed to have a chief innovation officer because while innovation is happening day in and day out across the city and its numerous departments and operations, you know, it's nobody's real role or responsibility to be solely focused on innovation and innovation as it applies to improving the quality of life for our residents. So, you know, innovation means a lot of different things for different people. But for me, It really means making my city or my place a better place for everybody. There was a real recognition that it was time for the city to have a role that was specifically focused on, you know, technology, infrastructure, but from an innovation lens to make sure that we're staying cutting edge as it relates to municipal services and and issues of quality of life. Your team's stated mission is to make the city data universally accessible and helpful to all users. But in many cases, that may just be an obligation for the city to check off on. How do you assure that that engagement is occurring in a genuine way and the citizens of San Diego are benefiting from your work? We try to focus first and foremost on transparency. So The city is a municipal service provider. You know, we're out there doing what every city does, repairing streets, filling potholes, you know, fixing broken street lights. And we understand that there's a lot of value in the data that we're collecting. And so first and foremost, you know, my goal is to make sure that all the information that we're collecting is made usable for anyone who wants to use it, whether that's nonprofits, uh, whether that's academia and our research institutions, uh, whether that's accelerators, you know, focused on innovation. So we we ensure on our team, you know, with and through our chief data officer and our data and analytics team, that first and foremost, we are providing high quality data. We publish all of that data with the hope that, you know, people are making good use of it and that it's valuable. And so what's really important for me is that not only are we putting data out there and making it accessible and usable for anyone, but that we're collecting feedback from people about how we can do better. And so we make it a priority to have that dialogue with all of our partners to ensure that, you know, we're meeting their needs. And if they're dreaming up ways they'd like to use municipal data to solve problems, 
we rely on that feedback from them to continue to publish new data sets, to continue to you know, process data in ways that will lead to additional insight outside of what we're doing at City Hall. You're in a, a challenging position in that you have both external and internal communities and leaders that you're potentially serving. How does this benefit not only the public, but policy and better decision-making within the city? So it, I like to think that it's my job to change policymakers and elected officials' relationship to data. I think for a long time, for many of us that are kind of data professionals, if you will, your boss or you know your, your stakeholders will come to you asking for you to just give them the top line and tell them what it means. And that's fine. But, you know, for people to really be able to make use of data in an ongoing and sustainable way to really drive change, they also have to understand that data on their own. And so for us and for my team, what that means is not only, you know, working with the data sets, cleaning them, analyzing them, developing those insights and those top lines, we also spend a lot of time building tools, tools for people that may not consider themselves to be data people. But the idea would be that, you know, at the city of San Diego, with over 30 operational departments, uh, we need those decision makers and those leaders to have data at their fingertips on a daily basis. And so when we build tools, for instance, whether it's an operations dashboard or, you know, some auto reports that are being sent to them on, a, on some sort of regular basis, the idea is that we are now empowering them to use that data in an ongoing fashion, in a regular way that becomes really embedded in their daily workflows and their management conversations with their teams. And so that's really, I think our role now has moved into this place of not only providing the data, but providing tools for people to interact with the data. Based on your innovation work and organizing the city's data sets, how do you help make this content more accessible for decision makers? So we do a lot of analysis on behalf of departments, and the idea is to not only help departments make better operational decisions, but also for them, you know, giving them some insight as to sort of the effectiveness uh, of their work. And so in particular, we, we work a lot with our transportation and stormwater department. But with transportation in particular, we work specifically with them to help them better prioritize roads for repair. And so what that looks like from an analysis standpoint, the city of San Diego uses what's called an OCI, an overall condition index for streets. And so what that does is it assigns a score to streets uh, on a scale of zero to 100. And the idea is that every street has a score that is indicative of the quality of that segment of road. We created a tool for the streets division to visualize this network across the entire city so they can see per segment, per neighborhood, per community, overall that kind of higher level look at street conditions. This has informed the way that they send out crews, you know, the routing that they do to send out crews for repairs. And so what we're doing is we're kind of layering on more and more information as we go. And the idea is that we're going to have a very, very solid methodology for the way that they prioritize their road repair. It's also looking at things like equity gaps in infrastructure. So back to what we, you know, we're speaking about in terms of making sure that what we're doing is fair and equitable. And so with streets, we spend a lot of time looking at not only how they've completed work historically, but advising and informing them on how they can complete this work 
you know, in a more efficient and in a more equitable fashion moving forward. So we build those tools on their behalf, work with them to create the maps, work with them to create the dashboards so that they have that real-time information about the work that's being completed across their division. To what extent is geography used to help you organize and convey this information? Uh, Is there a a way that the location of different dynamics across the city are being shared in a new way? Yes, place matters, geography matters very much for what we do. Again, we are a city. And so there is a, a geographical component to every service that's being provided. And so when we're talking about the way that the city provides programming or the way that the city provides services, it's often very helpful to make use of maps for us to be able to understand, you know, underlying trends. What parts of the city are we seeing, you know, gaps in service or gaps in infrastructure or other components in terms of demographics? You know, who's affected by a policy change? What does that look like when you start to go and kind of compare your policy decisions to places on a map? parts of the city where you've got certain types of residents, whether they're low income or linguistically isolated. And so for us, geography and particularly a suite of tools for mapping uh, with geographic information systems has become very important for the way that we think about and visualize our work. One of the city's goals is to work towards better social equity and justice across the city. How does your innovation work contribute to that topic? Like many cities, I think coming out of the events of 2020, thinking about equity and really, again, how we think about our cities, how we provide city services, how we provide programming, that has an implication for people's health and well-being and also their ability to sort of reach their full economic potential. And so the city of San Diego, like many cities, is really thinking very, very strategically about how we're now going to be making investments especially in communities that have historically been underserved or suffered from underinvestment. And so there's there's a big geographic component to that because I'm looking at tools that can tell me, you know, down to maybe a census tract level where we've got some areas of our community that are really in desperate need of, of a little bit more attention. So we're looking at things like, you know, low income, pockets of poverty, uh, places within our city that is linguistically isolated. We have a very large immigrant community in San Diego. And so when we talk about equity, you, you, ha- you have to think about place because, you know, people are clustering and they're just frankly p- parts of our city that look different and than other parts of our city. And so for the, for the social justice and equity component to this, what I'm working through now are a series of conversations with elected officials, department leaders, nonprofits, community-based organizations to look at these parts of our community to say, hey, let's talk about how we got here and let's talk about what the long-term vision for the city is. And when you talk about equity and kind of overlay equity on that, that sometimes means doing a little bit of catch up and realizing that some of these neighborhoods within our city are much worse off today. And there's a lot of additional work that has to be done in those communities to address those historic inequities. How does that better understanding of the inequalities across the city help you prepare for a looming challenge like climate change? Yeah. So when we think about climate change for the city of San Diego, you know, the the biggest thing that we can do today to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions is to get people out of their cars. 
and to provide additional ways for people to travel throughout our city and throughout our region as a whole that may not involve them driving in a car alone. And so when we think about kind of now marrying these conversations around mobility uh, with equity, we can also start to see that some of the most challenged areas within the city of San Diego are the ones that have gaps in infrastructure, uh, whether it's, you know, streets and road networks that are in disrepair or things like sidewalks that may or may not even exist. Um, also, you know, sometimes we're looking at things like the actual transportation system itself. So what's the availability of, you know, the bus route and the frequency of buses running in that neighborhood? You know, if we're looking at a map and you overlay these communities, we call them communities of concern, you start to overlay the transportation network, all of our systems, um, access to employment. And then you're starting to look at some of these health outcomes too around cancer rates, asthma rates. You're starting to see that there's a cost to not addressing these most pressing issues in these communities. And that cost ultimately affects our ability to do effective climate planning and climate action planning as well. So we're looking at how we can make the investment in these communities and at this, the city as, as a whole to really give people more options for traveling in a sustainable way that's going to help us reduce our emissions in you know, long-term, hopefully getting us to a place where you know, we are living healthier lives more sustainably and really doing our part to contribute to a greener planet. There are so many data sets and elements to the problem that you just mentioned. How would you begin to try to organize that data or model across the city's population decision support tools for interventions around climate change or, or transportation? So we've been thinking a lot about that as well. Again, what are those tools that we can share with our elected officials, with the departments that are providing the services or the programming, whether that's parks and recreation or library or a transportation department? And uh, we have a department at the city of San Diego, sustainability, and they're really focused on sort of threading the needle of sustainability through all of the city's operations. And so a few years ago, they began building out a tool that has since, uh, I think, become a very valuable tool for the city of San Diego, looking at climate equity. And what they're mapping uh, is actually kind of access to opportunity. So uh, again, they're kind of creating a map that's very rich with this fabric that's overlaying demographics, socioeconomic conditions, all of our assets, including our transportation network. And again, what emerges is really this very rich story about who has access to opportunity in the city of San Diego and who does not. And then also how that affects more globally, you know, the issues we're dealing with around climate change. And so this tool has really become the basis for not only climate action planning and planning purposes, but really for equity as a whole across the city of San Diego, where now when we talk about, you know, for instance, things like increasing programming for the libraries or increasing service hours for parks and recreation, we can see these areas of the community, again, that suffer from, you know, historic underinvestment, have been underserved. And we know on a map that we can point to these places where we really need to dedicate some additional resources and services in order to provide more access to opportunity for the community members there. You shared recently that one of your long-term goals was to help San Diego transform into a 15-minute city. 
what what is that and and how would it benefit the citizens there so the the 15 minute city i think for me represents an end state for the city of san diego i think we're we're a long ways away from there because it really starts to speak to things like development patterns uh, things like our transportation network reimagining how a city is laid out but the 15 minute city concept is really saying that anybody should have the ability to walk out of their front door so I'm Kirby. I can leave my front door tomorrow morning and within 15 minutes, I should be able to walk or bike or catch a bus ride or a trolley and get to everything I need. You know, if I'm grocery shopping, grocery stores nearby. If I work outside of my home, my place of employment's nearby. If I have kids in school, they're walking distance and I can safely escort them, you know, on their way to school and home from school in a reasonable amount of time. And so the idea is really that cities become much more decentralized in a way that people have the ability to access everything they need, kind of their basic needs, their essentials, as well as, you know, the fun things and the non-essentials. And and you're able to do that within a reasonable amount of time from your home. It's really rethinking the way we are developed as a city, providing more opportunities for people to live their lives fully and completely within 15 minutes of their home. Our listeners include business executives, government officials, leaders of, of nonprofits. What advice would you give them about the value of innovation and digital transformation and your approach to data-driven governance and decision-making? I think the, the best advice I, I can give to people is to really just to listen and to understand who your customers or your residents or your users are. The idea is that myself and my team are coming up with on a daily or weekly basis really result from, you know, us being able to take a step back, observe either how people are using city services or programs, um, read the feedback that we're receiving from our through on one system. That's where, you know, my ideas, I think, really come to life. And so I think, you know, this is not unique to government. This happens across the landscape. This happens in private sector companies, you know, for people developing products, people developing services, um, you know, anyone who's got a user base for institutions, you know, research or academia or what have you, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing something to benefit somebody else. So my, my advice really for innovation is just to listen. It's to understand who you're solving for, understand their needs. For me at the city, it's the residents of, of the city of San Diego. I would not advise any department to, to, to create a new service or to create a new program without understanding what it is the community wants. And also recognizing that sometimes people have really great ideas about how you can solve their problems. So listen to them first, because sometimes the innovation isn't even something that you have to come up with. Someone may have already done it and you just you just have to be the guy to execute it. And that's where the innovation comes in. In that regard of engagement and listening, to the stakeholders, do you have any innovative project approaches that you're applying or, or technical solutions to help making that more efficient? We do. So public engagement has become a, a little bit more difficult during the pandemic, but you know that's also prompted us to make the investment in some additional tools that help us continue to reach our residents to make sure that we're hearing their feedback. So one great tool that we have is, is our Get It Done app. And so that is a system where residents can request city services, report problems uh, in their neighborhoods, 
through this application. And what that does is, you know, funnels the request to the appropriate place, to the appropriate department in the city to handle it. And so this is an interesting opportunity now because it makes it really low stakes for people to submit feedback to us. And, you know, it's not only about how we collect information, obviously, from, from the user, from the resident. It's also how we make use of that information to provide it back to departments. That's equally important for them to receive that feedback. And so, you know, one tool that we've invested in more recently that's, I think, going to be tremendously valuable and eye-opening for the city is a, is a pulse surveying tool. And um, this tool allows us to survey people on a more regular basis and allows us to understand sentiment as it changes over time. So for instance, you know, we'll ask, we can ask the same set of questions today. You know, how are you feeling about the pandemic? How do you feel about, you know, the economy overall? How do you feel about your ability to connect with the city? How do you feel about the services we're providing to you? And, you know, we can ask that three months from now. We can ask that six months from now. And then what starts to emerge is a picture of the trends. You know, overall, how is the general public feeling about what we're doing? The next generation tools that we've invested in also allow us to gain a little bit deeper insight through the use of AI. So a great example would be, uh, David, if you submit a, a request through Get It Done and, you know, you provide some feedback. My name is David. I'm a resident of District 3 in the city of San Diego. And I find it really challenging when I go to call this department and maybe, you know, I can't reach anyone. They don't pick up the phone. I don't know where I'm supposed to direct my, my inquiry to. We receive comments like that about everything under the sun that the city does on a daily basis. It's really hard to make good use of that information or generate insight because nobody has time to sift through and read thousands of comments that are coming in from the public. And believe you me, we have thousands of these comments that are coming in on a regular basis. So with the tools that we have now, we're able to do sophisticated analysis, text and sentiment analysis, where we're pulling out the highlights and we're saying, is there anything, anything thematic here? You know, are people mentioning potholes more often or more frequently than other things? When they mention potholes, are they feeling good about potholes or are they feeling bad about potholes? And so these types of tools really allow us to make quick, you know, determinations about how the public is feeling, if we're getting something right, where we need to improve without having someone go through and sift through and read thousands of comments sort of, you know, as they come in. Kirby, you're such a visionary and, and clearly a geographer at heart. What changes and impacts do you see in the near term from your role as the as innovation officer? So I can I can tell you where I'd like to go and I can tell you what what would be a success for me in this role. More specifically, something that's very concerning to me is still what we're experiencing in the way of the digital divide. So people not being able to access, you know, information from a smartphone, they may not have a laptop and fundamentally they don't have a broadband connection or Wi-Fi to access information. And so now as a society, you know, globally we're moving to this place where again, during the pandemic, we've, we've pushed people online and remote and virtual. They're doing business in that way. They're learning in that way. And so in a lot of ways, I feel that, you know, Wi-Fi and, and broadband specifically is as indispensable to our health and well-being as having, you know, running water or electricity. You truly need to be connected to the internet to experience and participate fully in society and our economy. We're working through some programming right now around providing technology and tools for people, whether that's some of our, our grants that we've received to be able to distribute laptops 
for mobile hotspots or to increase the range, you know, for, for connectivity and, and, and Wi-Fi access from our libraries and from our parks and recreation centers. But for me, you know, that is a challenge that un unless we are fully able to address that, we're always going to have a, a segment of our population that's frankly being left behind. And so for me, in my role, you know, that's one thing I won't say it's not a small thing, but it's one thing in particular that I'm really dedicated uh, to, to changing. And that would be a huge win, I think, for the city if we're able to find some creative and innovative ways to help address that, to help close that gap faster and really ensure that everybody's able to fully participate in our economy. Kirby, thank you. It's been so extraordinary to speak with you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science Aware podcast, and thanks to Kirby Brady for explaining how the City of San Diego is prioritizing innovation through the use of geospatial technology to curb social injustice and preempt the effects of climate change on communities. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to rate Esri and the Science Aware podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. To learn more about how geospatial technology and analysis helps organizations understand issues and problem solve, visit esri.com forward slash location intelligence.